0: You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls
1: of UC Health Training Center.
2: Welcome in, welcome in. It is Wednesday night, and it's time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, once again uh, today scott kennedy scott it's uh man i just saw you you know 11 hours ago uh how you doing anything changed since then
1: i know you have to look outside and wait it was dark when we started it's dark now what time is it was it day is it night i don't i don't know i'm so confused
2: <laughs> that's a constant state
1: um that's um, why you wear the hat isn't it
2: yes what day that's honestly it is the, i have the, <laughs> this one on right here as well but uh, that's for tomorrow morning um, and I have him up top there. I'm up with all my, my hats going on. But yeah, welcome in, folks. It is Wednesday evening. Uh, Luke was feeling a little bit under the weather, so uh, we called in out to the pen and uh, brought in our closer, Scott, and um, we're here again. So a uh, little Broncos insiders for breakfast, for dinner. And i uh, going to hang out with you guys and talk a little bit more head coaching search of the Broncos. Obviously, that's the 24 hours news cycle in the NFL and more information coming in now. But if you're watching right now, Facebook, YouTube, wherever, make sure you are dropping a like on the way in and uh subscribing to the show and uh, we'd really appreciate that let's say hello to some people in the chat as they come in here frequent commenter on the show here we got todd ostendorf saying i heard what he is supposed to have said which directly contradicts which was previously put out really this is probably some tactic to get teams to uh, make a bigger offer and he's talking about jim harbaugh uh recently having an interview with somebody in charlotte uh, i should probably credit who that is i don't remember who it was off the top of my head saying
1: that queen he's... city news, Let's queen, city start news. There. queen city news which is at, at first i was like wait a minute why is charlotte again that because i kind of read the comments first like what are people saying about this and the comments is like why is this coming out of charlotte and i was like why is this coming out of charlotte? oh yeah carolina panthers duh yeah. Yeah. that's why um because i honestly i don't i never really considered the way the panthers are playing i feel like they've got their guy but you know if you can get a Harbaugh while you have an interim coach, you kick the tires and, and see what you think for sure. And there are always a few shocking um, positions as
2: well. I saw an article today that made it sound like if the dolphins failed to make the playoffs after being, what, what were they nine and three or something, they could have a cleaning of the house too. And then Mike McDaniel would be gone. And we know that uh, the dolphins tried very hard to get Sean Payton last off season season as well. I don't think it's completely true that, uh, we have a uh, Mike McCarthy being safe in Dallas. So we'll see what positions uh, open up. It's a lot of things yet to uh, be determined. Let's say hello to some more people coming in here evening from Mike Woodward. Good to see you, Mike. We appreciate you. Uh, James Webb coming in. I love your telescope saying, wow, only one more game comes and goes so fast. Yeah, this is the uh, one that I'm ready to turn the page on um, and get looking forward to the off season. But, uh, Definitely comes and goes so fast, and bad Bronco football is better than no football. Uh, Stumpy McGrumpy 916 coming in saying, Win or lose? I stayed true to the orange and blue 100%. We appreciate you coming in here and supporting us and enjoying us on the show today. I know we got a couple super chats coming in as well. We got our guy Drake Wally 999 over on YouTube saying, What do you guys think about the tight end situation in Denver? Uh, before going on the injured reserve, I thought third round pick, 80th overall, Greg Dulcich was a big bright spot. Really filled in that position with flying colors after Fant was dealt to off to Seattle. Uh, Scott, what do you think about the Broncos' tight end spot and uh, Greg Dulcich's play this season?
1: I think what you brought him in for once he was healthy, uh, which is to be a a pass a receiving threat, more Mm -hmm. of a Shannon Sharp type. uh, You got you hit. It was a big hit, and it was uh, probably even more so than you expected, or else you would have tried to get him a little higher. the tight end position on the whole, though, that's it. Um, you know, right now, you know, what what can you get from Albert Okwebenom? We talked about him that you know, despite the, the the decent game he had, I can see flashes of why you want him out there, and also saw flashes of why he was not out there. You know, he was he was struggling going after the ball, but I thought Dulcich was definitely is definitely a bright spot gotta stay healthy i don't know that he's had injury issues throughout his career at ucla you don't make it from a walk-on position um to the nfl draft if you're on the sideline too much that's a promise yeah so hopefully that hamstring stuff is behind him uh and if not right now a good off season will take mm-hmm. care of that for sure so stay healthy drake appreciate you coming in my friend it's good to hear from you yeah we appreciate you drake i think drake dolcich had a good season um we
2: talked about it, you know, he missed pretty, missed pretty much the entire offseason, the rookie OTAs, whatever, dealing with injury and then wasn't even sure we we're going to see him much at all. And uh, he came out and had flashes this season. Now, is he ever going to be Travis Kelsey out there or Kyle Pitts type type, type of athlete or anything like that? Vernon Davis? No, uh, but he can be a solid player. He's going to have to work a lot on his blocking uh, this offseason for me to be satisfied in that department maybe that's never that probably will never be his game given the type of frame he possesses uh but he he'd be probably the first one to tell you that what what can you work on this offseason i got to get better in the weight room and with my blocking uh so that's one you want to look for with him this offseason taking a step there don't think he'll ever be a lead block but if you're running an outside zone or you know he can be one of a a tandem of tight ends after that though i mean pretty much all the tight ends i think are going to be free agents at the end of the year i think you might have one more year of alberto oquiven on under contract if you choose to go that route uh but this is a position that the broncos could look at uh, in the draft or kind of a cheap veteran free agent. Like you brought in this last off season with an Eric Saubert with an Eric Tomlinson, just to kind of turn over the room. And that's most tight end rooms. I mean, how many difference makers are there actually at the tight end position in the NFL? Five, seven. There's not many. It's kind of like linebacker uh, right now. If you have good solid, that's enough. Those aren't really the difference makers out there.
1: I think it's coming back in vogue though. I do. And and part of the reason why it, I've said a zillion times is the changing of the rules. A joke I used when I was scouting football players, uh, you know, 20 years ago, starting 20 years ago is how come no tight ends ever come from the South? You got all these players in the South. How come no tight ends ever come out of here? Cause if they're big and they're fast, they put them on defense in the South. That mm-hmm. that's how it works. Um, that said, the game has changed to the point where why would you want to even play defense? I used to be all about defense, Nick. I'd be like, go play cornerback. They need you a corner. You can get a scholarship if you're a corner. Go play. Go play defensive end. It pays better than a tight end. Uh, you know, do these things. Now I'm like, it's not as much fun to play defense as it used to be. You're not allowed to hit anybody. You're not allowed to cover. Um, that I, I, you're gonna see more of these. Freak defensive ends playing tight end as we move forward a cycle or two over the next decade.
2: And the body types are changing, too. I mean, the big slot is more in vogue now. You're getting some of these guys that are detached from the line of scrimmage. Uh, They're wide receivers as much as they are tight ends. I think the tight end itself, though, specifically for Denver, I'd be looking for somebody who's a little bit better in the run blocking department. I think that's how you have to try to salvage this offense next season, really lean into the run game. You know, I've said it a hundred times and I'll probably say it a hundred more times. One of the reasons I'm big on Jim Harbaugh, everywhere he's gone, they've been able to run the bleeping ball and do it effectively. Um, But uh, I think this is a room that you could look to bring in some talent. I will say I will lose my damn mind on air if the Broncos use a first round pick on the tight end position. I think Michael Mayer is a fine player uh, I think Dalton Kincaid at Utah is a fine player. I think uh, Dwayne Washington at Georgia, fine player. Luke Musgraves at Oregon state, fine player. Luke, uh, Sam Laporta, fine player. Darnell uh, Wright, or excuse me, Parham at Purdue, fine player. Are you catching a trend here? It's a deep tight end class. If you use your first round pick on one, I think you're not playing the draft game very well. You, we're talking round three, round four, round five. I think you can get a quality player at that position. And
1: Trey McBride's starting to make some strides with Arizona Cardinals. Where did he get drafted? Third round, fourth round? Uh, he was like the 60th pick in the second round. Okay. So end of the second. Yep. So yeah, you're right. You can, you can do those things uh, at that point in time, you know, unless your name's Brock Bowers right now, you're probably okay, but no, in case, and I'm sorry, but Drake wasn't asking about first round uh, Casey's coming in Casey, you know, speak of the devil and he shall appear. We were just talking about you like three days ago. Like wh- where has Casey been? He was our first summertime. Uh, Broncos superstar, Mile High superstar, guest guy, and then he's gone. Where has he been? Welcome back, my friend. It is good to hear from you. But he says billionaires at the Walmart level don't like getting embarrassed like they did this year. They'll pay what they need to flex and do better. And Casey, I, it's something I've repeated over and over again about. You know, why would you buy this franchise? Because it's a, it's a club. It's it's a it's the billionaire club. And when you go to the club with these other billionaires. You don't want to have the stinky gremlin, you know. You want to have a shiny thing, and everybody's looking at you. Hey, nice season, patting you on the mat and making you feel good. You got all the money in the world, you know. It's it's now it's now it's about ego and these type of things. So I agree. This isn't this this team wasn't bought as an investment. I mean, it's a safe investment. Um,
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
1: and it's a nice way to park $5 million and turn it into 10, I mean, $5 billion and turn it into $10 billion over the next 10 years. But it, this is, again, it's an ex, it's exclusive, it's an exclusive group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right, they don't want to be embarrassed. Now, how much can they fix over the course of one coaching cycle? Kind of drove me a little crazy, Nick, when I'm hearing these owners aren't doing anything. Where are these owners? They've been in the owners for two months. You know, they're here now, you know where they are now they're, they're in. Um, So you don't have to worry about them being just there trying to, you know, watch their investment appreciate while the, the, the product deteriorates. That ain't going to happen.
2: Now this is, you know, buying a nice car, right? This is kind of showing off to your friends. Like I own this right here and uh, hopefully they will get things on the right track here in Denver and getting that coaching position, right? It's not as important as getting the, quarterback right, in my opinion, but it's probably the next best one. Uh, So, uh, let's say hello to some more people coming in here. Diamond Rattler saying, boom, let's go. Good to see you, Diamond. And also, shout out to Casey Nickel. Thank you for coming in and supporting us. Has been a bit, but we appreciate you. Uh, We got Excel dude coming in. uh, Working out there at Microsoft. I like the Excel. I'm more of a uh, Google Sheets kind of guy. Um, Whatever. Um, I've never liked... uh, He comes in and says, I've never liked the Saints as a franchise. I really hope we don't go after Sean Payton. Uh, Russ is one of the slowest processor starting at quarterback in the NFL really doesn't sound like the right offense. The thing is with Sean Payton, you'd have to, I guess you'd have to take a blind leap in this because he had one quarterback for so long, but you'd have to assume that he would still maximize what Russell Wilson does well with what his scheme, what he wants to run. But that being said, I've something I've said on here a few times. um, I'd be concerned about the, the quick game, the shotgun, the heavy wide receiver usage, the middle of the field targets that we saw with Drew Brees. Uh, with Russell Wilson, because that just doesn't seem to be his game overall, but I would it would meld
1: that. And I don't, I don't want to hear you know, the this isn't directed at you, Excel dude, but the the revisionist history about Russell Wilson, he's been successful at every stop he's ever had until he got to the Denver Broncos from high school to NC State to Wisconsin to 10 years in Seattle. Is he completely falling off a cliff that fast? I don't think so. It's possible, anything's possible, Hmm. but I don't think. He goes from 27 touchdowns to 10 in Seattle. If he was there another year, you know, 12, it was close. It's been bad, whatever it is. It's been bad. I don't think that happens if he's, if he's there another year. So all of the change, change itself is hard. Getting acclimated to a new city, a new team, a new way of doing everything. That's hard enough. And then we can go through the laundry list of things that went against this team. Y'all were going through it in the chat earlier. So, you know, I mean, Calling him a slow processor is that the nice way of saying he's dumb? I don't buy that either. I don't. He's had way too much success in all walks of life that I he's not he's not done. And I, I I'm I i do not know. I'm just getting a little frustrated with that narrative right now. I mean, he struggled this season, no doubt. There's
2: a lot of head scratching decisions, and it was a bad year. I think everybody can agree on that. Mm. And I think we'd be shocked if he wasn't back next year, and if he's I would imagine he'd be better next year just as a result of the infrastructure around him being healthier just by law of averages. Now anything can happen. Um, But I think the run game being better next year would help him a lot. Uh, Cleaning up the procedural penalties that this team had would help a lot. Uh, But he did struggle with some of the full field reads, you know, what's he seeing some of the decision-making but you know, we'll see how it plays out this year. We got Dominique Martin coming in saying, Hey, Denver fam, it's my birthday and I had to catch MHH. Hash, uh, MHH for life. Go Broncos. Well, happy birthday to Dominique. Um, hope you have a good one. Uh, hopefully, everybody treats you well. And uh, chat, make sure you guys uh, give a little love to
1: Dominique. Wish him a happy birthday in the chat as well. So, you know, going back to the change in things, you know, I watched Matt Ryan at Indianapolis this year take too long to get rid of the ball. You know, going through his progressions and stuff, change is hard. No one's ever accused Matt Ryan of being uber athletic and yeah. having to rely on anything other than being smart and accurate. Yeah, it happens. So this things will. Again, I'm not willing, and it's not binary. I'm not willing to put it all on Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah. This drop off is not all on Russ from one season to the next. And for those of you that say, oh, the drop-off, what are you talking about? The drop-off started, Seattle fans have been telling us about this for, you know, all year. Yeah, a bad season in Seattle last year would have been wonderful by comparison to what you got this year. So I don't want to hear that either. Uh, Miguel Santi Stevan coming in. He says, Eden Fellas, I know you've mentioned a few names for head coach, but who are some candidates out of left field? Who are some crazy ones? On that list you showed me, and we'll flash it again later, of the latest odds from, who are the best odds.com. Um, uh, there was a name on there I didn't even recognize about fourth, four ways down, about four players down. Now I'm stumping you. Did I send it to you on Twitter? You send me everything yes. on freaking Twitter. You're the only reason I have notifications on. Hell yeah, that's me. Um, I don't know which name you
2: wouldn't recognize on here. Um, Daryl Bevel. I don't know who that is. He was the offensive coordinator for uh Russell Wilson for a number of years, underneath okay. uh, Pete Carroll. And I think he has an advisory position with uh the cowboys right now it could be mixing up him and schottenheimer um the list of offensive coordinators that uh, russell wilson had and left uh is not too short uh but uh, he's one up there daryl bevel was a pretty successful uh, offensive coordinator in
1: seattle for a number of years okay yep i did not know that name and hopefully we don't get too big of a a screen a a mirror effect in the back because that is the facebook chat of us in the back do i do pause it though so the latest odds from odds shark is a whole lot closer to what you asked me Miguel thank you for the stars my friend always yeah. coming and helping thank us you, out Miguel. like that was a lot closer to what I thought it was going to be when you asked me yesterday when I said Jim Harbaugh I said but well, that should be about plus 400 in my book um but on this one instead of plus 1200 it's plus 200. um and then Dan Quinn and then Daryl Bevel Sean Payton D'Amico Ryans for me, Daryl Bevel is a name, and I am on all of these podcasts in one way or another. We haven't mentioned that name at all. Not as a head coach. I would consider that one out of left field. Yeah. I mean, Daryl Bevel is out of left field, but how about Pete Carroll down there? Peyton Manning. <laughs> plus People have 000. actually <laughs> asked about that, though, even in jest. I've mentioned Byron Leftwich. I said, give me Byron Leftwich over Eric Bieniemy If we're talking offensive coordinators right now, just because I know that Byron Leftwich has had success with multiple quarterbacks redoing systems and calls the place. I, I would rather have Byron Leftwich over, over the you know, one of the guys that you've mentioned on that isn't even on here that I would put above. Well, Peyton Manning and Pete Carroll, excuse me, Steve Wilks mm-hmm. is a yeah. possibility. The current Carolina Panthers interim head coach. Yeah he'd be a good one.
2: Ben Johnson's not on this list. Uh, David Shaw's not on this list. Jared Mayo is not on this list. Uh, Bill Callahan's done some really good things with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, not on that list. So uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned Gerard Mayo. Um, I did like seeing uh, D'Amico Ryans as the fifth highest odds. I mean, he's my second favorite coach in this cycle. I know. Oh, not a first time head coach, not a defensive coordinator. Get me, dude, get me a dude in there. I think D'Amico <laughs> Ryan uh, is a, a dude. Um, I think he's a, beloved his defenses the way they are able to work their zone coverage. Now part of it is, you know, you have Nick Bosa, you have Fred Warner. You can't evaluate him without those guys. They go hand in hand with the, how you're evaluating a coach, but I think he's done a great job with that 49ers team. Um, And I would love him. I don't
1: think he's coming here though. Good evening, Ernie. How are you saying hello to some folks in the chat? And when we were talking about, you know, the uh, Lawrence, were your ears burning when I was talking about people complaining about ownership, not being involved enough. Says it did take almost eight thousand empty seats though. What's up, guys? Much love. Yeah, you want to be heard. That's how. Yeah. That's how people complain about the price of this and the price of that. Who's to blame? We are. We're to blame for it because we buy all this stuff and we pay for all the tickets. We watch it on TV and inflate those 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 contracts. You want to get something's attention? Ignore them. Mm-hmm. Give them the silent treatment. That's how you get their attention. So Lawrence, you're absolutely right. And like I said, the takeaway from, was it the Rams? No, the home game that was, I said there were 20,000 empty seats. I don't even remember the game. It was probably Arizona. It was okay. It was Arizona. There's 20,000 no-shows. Forget the game. That's the takeaway. That's yeah. the takeaway from this game. 20,000 no-shows in Broncos country. That was the takeaway. You're absolutely yeah. right, Lawrence. Yeah, gross.
2: Let's say hello. To some more people in here. Not gross. Achy dragon saying Harbaugh to Broncos, laughing face. Don't laugh. It could happen. Um, My guest saying, what's up, Broncos country? Good to see you, Mike. Uh, We got Malcolm Brown saying hello from Homer, Alaska. Good to see you, Malcolm. Hopefully you're doing well up there in the land of no sun, at least this time of year. Uh, Michael Frady coming in saying, hi, y'all. Good to see you, Michael. We appreciate you coming in. He's also saying bonus breakfast. Yeah, breakfast for dinner is always a good time. Uh, We got Dave Jackson coming in saying, what's up, guys? Not too much. Mahalo to you with the hang loose. Joey Grubbs saying, how many years until football is over with all these injuries? As long as there is football, there will be injuries. Um, hopefully the Broncos will not be on the worst end of the bell
1: curve, uh, which next they have year. been. What was that? Hopefully next year Nick. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully next year you're not in bottom five for the sixth consecutive year. Yeah. I mean,
2: this is me and I I'm in the sciences, but this is me like speculating. Like, is it something to do with the altitude out there? <laughs> like oxygenated muscles? Is it like, are you these guys smoking if, reefer? If, if like, it,
1: it didn't if the Broncos have been down there for the history of the Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos have been playing in this altitude for 75 years. How old's the franchise? Yeah. And this is a more recent phenomenon, Nick. Yeah. Really weird.
2: Um, not sure what's going on there. We got Fallen Sloth coming in. Yeah, I think he's out there in Cincinnati. Hope you're doing well. Saying, hi, Nick. Scott in Broncos country. Glad I get to listen tonight. Well, We're glad you get to join us. We appreciate you. Our guy Phil coming in. Uh, rocking the old school helmet there. We love that. Saying, evening, Nick and Deacon Scott. Uh, what do you guys think about Shane Steichen, Offensive Coordinator, Philadelphia Eagles? I like him. He has worked on defense and offense with the Chargers and is doing great with the Eagles. Go Broncos. Hashtag MHH for life. Shane Steichen's one of the better... Offensive uh, wonder kids, I guess, upshot first time head coach candidates out there. It does sound like the Broncos, much to my dismay, chagrin, I, I don't know that, that they are really looking for people who have had head coaching experience before versus the first timers, which I get it, but that's, I think that's a limited way to go about your coaching search. But uh, I think he'd be fine. If they, if he impressed them, they interviewed him and he impressed him and he wanted to come in that'd be great. Obviously it wouldn't be a one for one of what he's doing with Philly with Jalen hurts and that offensive line and Dallas Goddard and AJ Brown and Donovan Smith versus what he do here? But I mean, he's been a problem solver and what he's done developing Jalen hurts has been uh phenomenal. So uh, I I'd be interested for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've, you get pieces and put it around a quarterback and have put him in a position to succeed. That sounds pretty good to me, but yeah, I, I like, I like Steichen as a candidate, and if you're not calling him for an interview, I'd like to think it would be a Brian Dayball situation that he's mm-hmm. already taken another job. Um, you know, the, the talk about oh, they're not even in, they're not even interviewing Brian Dayball because he's not coming. You know that? Okay, I mean, I, I don't think you go through that whole process and bring put ten people on the list and not call Brian Dayball. And that's how I feel about Steichen. I feel very similarly about about those two that I dayball last year. I think he's going to be very successful.
2: Yeah, he's he's done a good job. I'm also extremely interested in uh, Ben Johnson, like mentioned, and Bill Callahan. I think Kafka is a first-time head coach. You mentioned day ball. I think Kafka's out, out there being the offensive coordinator now for the Giants, and he was really highly thought of uh, in that Kansas City building, so maybe he's one. Uh, you get an interview in there, but again, it's the unknown. But I think I'd rather go for a potential unknown than a second-time coach who we know who didn't do very well. That's not the case with Jim Harbaugh and Sean Payton. I'm a little more trepidatious with Reich and Quinn, who seem to be the other two coming in there. I'm I'm not feeling Dan Quinn. Uh, maybe that's just vibes.
1: I'm fine with that. I just don't like it. They, they didn't do very well. He's one of the most successful coaches in the history of the franchise. That ought to tell you something. That's more about the Atlanta Falcons. He did well with the Atlanta Falcons. How it finished is a different story. Dan Quinn did well with the the, the Atlanta Falcons overall. Trust and me, sh- I, I I've lived forty years in this city. I know. <laughs> and he should get as
2: much credit for hiring Kyle Shanahan as he did for hiring Starke- Star, uh, Sarkeesian.
1: Yeah, and I don't, um, I don't know who's hiring whom at that point. Yeah, you know who who's bringing whom in. How how much control do you have over it? You know, I blame Thomas Dimitrov for a lot of stuff in the general manager there. Who's making those picks again, the general manager for me, the general manager should have the final say on everything when it comes to the, you know, or else you're not the general manager. He should be the boss. Forget what we heard Greg Penner say. It's more likely that you have the partnership. Now I do see that in Atlanta now. So maybe that's the new wave of doing things where you've got a president of football operations that the general manager reports to, and he's side by side on the org chart with the head coach. Okay more usual, more typical situation is a general manager hires a head coach. Mm -hmm. And I'm not letting my subordinate hire everybody else without my input, say so and rubber stamp. So again, I'm not just talking, you know, Falcons here. I'm talking, talking Broncos too. And who do we blame for all of this stuff? Who's the, who gets the blame for Butch Berry? Who gets the blame for Montreal, Washington, you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to get me with Dwayne Stukes on that. Cause for me, that's the general manager.
2: And uh pretty interesting Albert Breer uh, mentioned in his article that if Broncos or Broncos or Colts uh, bring in a head coach that uh, wants a little bit more player personnel power, that uh, both Chris Ballard and George Payton could be on the hot seat and out of a job. Not much, pe- not many people talking about that. Uh, but uh, as we've talked about on here, Payton already kind of has conceded some power would be interesting. I, I think it's a toss up if he's here after the draft or not Uh Patriot Tech's coming in, despite what some people have said, uh, Patriot Tech's coming in $5 saying Harbaugh is still in play, no matter who, what is reported money talks, BS walks, hashtag MHH for life. We just showed you the odds shark uh, odds there. And he was the odds on favorite at plus 200 uh, to be the Broncos next head coach. So the Broncos are going to make a play at him. if mm-hmm. He doesn't end up a Denver Bronco he- head coach because he turned them down.
1: Yeah. He's still in play without a doubt. Um, yeah. The favorite, you know, until a contract extension is signed, um, his base salary at seven puts him as the 12th highest paid uh, paid football coach in college football. I think Michigan has, if not the biggest, the second biggest fan base in college football behind Ohio state, it's, mm-hmm. it's Michigan and Ohio state. When you're talking raw money, when it comes to the media and everything, it's Michigan and Ohio state are one and two the SEC wins the games they win all the championships of the last 20 years i'm exaggerating sort of but the money is still michigan and ohio state um so that they are twelfth. there are not 12 teams that can beat michigan in financial might when it comes to seven million dollars they bump them up there's four four coaches going into this year that were at 10 or higher do they offer him 10 or higher if they want to keep him. i think they're going to have to nick yeah, and appreciate your patriot text coming in green with that super. Appreciate the support, my friend. Yeah, pretty cool. I still don't know why they have the buyout so low. Three point five million seems minuscule
2: compared to some of those others. That's other how he keep. They probably keep the salary lower that way. Probably. Yep, you're mm-hmm. probably right. Uh, Kareem coming in, said the dynamic duo. What's up, fellas? Not too much. We got Gary blah 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 or Gary blah blah coming in. Added one too many blahs, Mister Blah. Sorry. Uh, saying, <laughs> do you guys look for any potential prospects for next year's draft? If you are talking 2023, yes you're talking 2024? Yes. Um, yeah, we're all right. I mean, at least for me, uh, starting to do the work on the draft. I've been working on 2023 now for a bit, especially some of the you know top 40 kind of guys. And some of the guys at the bigger school, um, haven't watched a lot of Non power five uh, players yet. We'll see some of those guys trickle up and all that. I'll let some other people do the work first on that one and be like, okay, this guy's worth watching. Okay, then I'll check him out. You know, you, this person has a fourth round grade on him. I'll
1: put eyes on him then. Um, but um, definitely putting work on it. You get to know some of them through osmosis. Now, I don't watch as much college football as I used to. So I'm seeing a lot of these guys for the first time at Senior Bowl, at Shrine Bowl. But when I'm watching a game, I used to get asked all the time, when do you start scouting players? I said, when they show up. Th- that's when if I'm here and I see them and they do something to catch my eye, I'm, I'm always watching. Mm-hmm. So when Nick's watching Iowa play Wisconsin, he's paying attention to every player that's out there and making mental notes of guys. We love the younger guys are more fun that way. It's more fun mm-hmm. talking about the guys that nobody else is talking about. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we do. So do you already take a look at potential prospects for the next draft? Yeah. You're, you're always watching. Um, yeah. You know, how many people are talking about Arch Manning for goodness sakes. So that's uh, you're always keeping me. Appreciate the question, Gary. I might like that Tennessee quarterback just as much uh, coming in. He was like the number one volleyball recruit in the country too.
2: So I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's a freak athlete. Uh, Kareem also coming in saying top three players are from injury. We should be most excited about in 2023. Biggest difference makers. Uh, I think number one, I'm probably gonna have to go Tim Patrick here for this one, just because his injury was the furthest in the past. So I feel the most confident about him coming back. I don't think his injury was the, biggest impact on this team this season, but as far as guys returning that could make an impact, I feel the safest with him coming back and being a difference maker. Uh, After that, I probably go Javante Williams. I'm concerned about his knee, um, especially being a running back. I mean, he might not be the same at all next season. It's one of the reasons that running back is very much a position. I expect the Broncos to look at uh, this off season. Then after that, I guess I'll go Garrett Bowles, Uh, but we'll see if he's here. I mean, that contract is movable and it could be a, it, it, he could be somebody who's on the move.
1: I think he'll be here. I think so too. Uh, but I, I think he'll be here. But yeah. again, uh, and I think he's got a, a chance to be pretty healthy when he comes mm-hmm. around, but you hit the big ones there. Um, you know, when you start talking about how about Randy Gregory or Draymond you know, Jones, I mean, God, that's it. And Draymond Jones, you yeah. know, those are guys that were basically well, Draymond's, Draymond's a back. free agent. If Draymond's back, <laughs> <laughs> Randy yeah. Gregory's at least under contract. Russ played beat up this year. How about Russell Wilson? You know, there was, mm-hmm. There was a lot of those guys. I start thinking of, of all those players. You go, you know, Cortland Sutton missed some time, but, I mean, the easy answers are Tim Patrick and Javante Williams. But I would throw Randy Gregory in there. Again, yeah. who should you be excited about? But I'd be cautious. So he just Nick was just be cautious about some of these. And you know, talking about the the laundry list of problems, I think I think Todd hit on it actually. Um, the Skinnity Curse is powerful. It's not nearly as well known as the Curse of the Bambino. But it's it's big. I mean, I've I've turned Chelsea into a relegation level team after they won everything before I started watching them. The Broncos, it goes on. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, I just wasn't destined for sporting happiness. That's why. I Watch everybody now, just it's curse them all. I'm
2: going to have to I'm going to have to outdo you. Uh, when did I join Mile High Huddle and start covering this team?
1: 2016 uh that's the year that the broncos Dude, started they're not gonna streak. outdo me i was a for clean, the broncos born atlanta raised sports fan for god's sakes
2: man you are cursed uh in that regard but for the broncos uh started covering this team uh at the end of the 2016 uh season which would have been the first season that they missed the playoffs after the super bowl they haven't made the playoffs since i'm also zero eight in games i've been to live in the broncos that's <laughs> that's not a good track record. Uh, maybe both of us together amplified have uh, really messed this up, but uh, Andrew Lampy, not messing it up, uh, saying coffee at night. Hope everyone had a great holiday. So hopefully it's decaf. Uh, I'm, I'm 30 plus now. So a little caffeine this late at night, is going to make my tum tum hurt. Not about that. I I need, I need to get my eight hours.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The, the, the chocolate's about as crazy as I go, but chocolate compared to 24 ounces of coffee doesn't really count as caffeine. Then it's the sugar at that point. So yeah, um andrew appreciate you coming with the stars i I love that profile pic dude the big smiles always make me smile so thank you for the stars my friend yeah appreciate
2: you we got our guy michael coming in saying good evening nick and scott on mile high insiders go broncos good to see you we also got kevin g coming in saying hey guys do you think the pickup of quarterback uh guarantano was kind of a move to lure harbaugh i mean he does have almost the exact same characteristics as kaepernick um no, Kaepernick is was a better quarterback uh,
1: than Guarantano, uh, Gu- oh, yeah. Jared Guarantano. Guarantano. Tennessee. No, you're you're not adding a practice squad guy to entice your hundred million dollar coach. No. Uh, it's going to take more than that. You, it's 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 going to take talk of your two hundred and fifty million dollar quarterback uh, and your first round picks. Those are those are going to be the the questions that come up. Um, not Jared on that one. Yeah. uh, Mo Bowdry coming in saying good evening. How you
2: doing, Mo? Smooth guy. We appreciate you coming in saying good evening, gentlemen. Always um, enjoy you coming in and hanging out with us. Uh, We also got everybody saying happy birthday. That's really nice of you guys catching up to the chat there on that one. Uh, So let's get into this a little bit, Scott. We talked about it already, but... uh, this Jim Harbaugh information, I guess first Gary Palmer, of course, 1999 GLP saying shout out to the best team on MHH. Thank you so much, Gary. We appreciate that uh, saying Nick and Scott rock, love, Bron- love the Broncos country. Uh, well, love the GLP. Uh, we appreciate you as well. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great holiday. We always appreciate you coming in and supporting us. And just, you know, even if you don't support us dropping in and saying hi, you always make a smile just to hear from you. Um, yeah, but you, Gary, but the uh, matter of business here, we talk about Jim Harbaugh sends a discouraging message uh, to the Broncos as rumors flag. We talked about it earlier. Queen City reporter out there in Charlotte uh, with the report that Jim Harbaugh said he was more likely uh, going to return back to Michigan. That's not a resounding. Um, if if anything, if, if if it's not a resounding, I will be back at Michigan. Book it. Uh, then it's hedging the other way. So I think the even fact that even then did, I'm
1: still like, eh, yeah. Putting put pen to paper.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. So I don't think it is that discouraging he, the words themselves on paper are discouraging. And yeah, I think it's something that you have to say considering the transfer portal, the recruiting class, because if it does fall to bleep and you say you're gone, that's going to impact your future ability. It's going to impact your coaches. Uh, so, and we saw that last year, it sounded like he was very close to going to Minnesota and then rug got pulled out from under him uh, with Kevin O'Connell going there instead. So um, it sounds like, to me, that's just you know the thing that you have to say in that situation while you're under contract there, especially with again transfer portal and recruiting class. But it was not a ringing endorsement that I will be back at Michigan next year.
1: No, and typically, typically they say stuff like "I'm not really thinking about that right now." That's why I have an agent. Yep. Uh, my focus is on this recruiting class and doing what's best for the Michigan Wolverines. That's typically what you hear. Um, and I am—I don't know—I feel like I'm a little skeptical about the quote itself. I mean i love local media maybe but again coming out of charlotte did you, did you hear that 100 percent correctly do you have audio of it you know if, if they, and it was coming from a you know a, a a tv reporter i think that was was first talking about it or he was reporting it for someone else but it's not it's not even the charlotte observer it was queen city news it was just a, it was the whole thing was a little bit odd uh his agent probably backtracked on that one real quick you know hey don't don't say that <laughs> don't don't tell him where you're leaning come on man yeah unless uh you know we, we're, we we feel like the uh the nfl guys are cooling off a little bit you know and then then we might need to get them or getting a little too confident let me let me change that if they're cooling off then you, you want to try and stir it up on the NFL side. If they're uh, if they're getting a little too confident that you're definitely coming out, then let's up the ante a little bit and say, No, I'm going back to Michigan. Like I said, it's gonna take it, it's gonna take eight figures, I think, for him to head back to Michigan. He's gonna get a pretty good raise out of it. And should he be paid as one of the top five coaches in college football, which would put him in eight figures? Yeah, yeah. he should. You're the head coach at the at the University of Michigan. Uh, you are two and zero in your last two years against Ohio state who has owned you for 20 years. Um, uh, interesting. Michigan still has the lead in that series. That's how big of a lead they used to have. Yeah. Um, and you're playing in, in the top four game and if some breaks go this way or that way. You could have won that one. So you're, you are a premier program money at the yin yang. Um, and you should be paid like a premier coach.
2: Yeah, and uh, recruiting with some level of academic uh, restrictions that are still in place in the Big Ten as well. Uh, that makes it a little bit harder for them, and also the geograph uh, geography of it as well. Mm-hmm. A little bit harder to get some talent up there to Michigan compared to you know Texas, right in your backyard. You know, you throw a football and you hit two guys that could probably play Division One football uh, out there, or like in no, there's, Florida there's over as well. 400
1: D1 signees in the state of Texas, and I think there was maybe 40 to 50 in michigan so you're having to recruit out of state which is it's tougher it is um michigan is a national brand but it's it is tougher yep that northwest ohio and cleveland area is a very good area for ohio uh which is almost michigan i mean you're as close to ann arbor as you are to columbus at that point it's about two hours either way and that that helps but it's still ohio yep absolutely and ohio state is a Bigger brand,
2: uh more success, which not shocking, considering how they've been the last 20 years. Jeremy, Sean, at evening, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. Jeremy also comes in and says, uh, Quinn and Reich feel like bad consolation prizes uh, compared to those top two. I feel like Scott's going to get irritated at me at some point uh, during this coaching search because I'm just I am I'm not in on Quinn. I feel like he no, is that's a, fine. I just yeah. don't.
1: I, I don't want what he accomplished with the Atlanta Falcons to be denigrated. Yeah. How much do you so, think? I mean you on- can say these are what the reasons why I don't want him. I get all that. Yeah. But his overall stay in Atlanta was a success. That's that that's my point. Again, you're talking yeah. about the 28th worst franchise in the history of this league, who went 40 years before they had back to back winning seasons. You know, and he took them to the playoffs most of the time he was there into a Super Bowl. You know, that's that's the golden era. 2000, you know, about 2008 to 2016 was the golden age of Atlanta Falcons football. This is more like it. Yeah, absolutely. I guess my biggest things with
2: Quinn, and you can again, you are very much on the Thomas Dimitrov holds most of the fault here, which I don't blame you for that at all. But I like to think of it as if you bring in a defensive minded head coach, then they need to like add, if we're playing Madden here, it's like a bonus for plus 10 on the overall ability on every single player on that side of the ball. And didn't really feel that uh, with Quinn. Now you were down a lot of players and you'd know better than I would, because you watched this Falcon's team much more than me. And they were definitely limited in talent, but it never really felt like he was adding that bonus to that defense. Like we saw with Vic Fangio here, like you see with Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers, like you see with Bill Belichick um, with the New England Patriots. And that's something that you want to have them probably adding uh, to that side of the ball. It felt more like it was the, Dan Quinn was rallying the guys, but uh, when that team was at their best, it was Kyle Shanahan and Matt Ryan uh, being the
1: dudes. Well, and that's where Thomas Dimitrov put all of his resources. Yep. You know, yep. like I said, he shows up in 2011, gives up 50 points. This is all you need to know about Dan, you know, Dan Quinn and the defense. His general manager watched his team up give up 50 points in a playoff game at home, and his response was to trade five picks for a wide receiver that tells you all you need to know about the Falcons and defense under Thomas Dimitrov. Yeah. Yep.
2: Definitely. However, they did give up 50 points, um, under Dan Quinn's defense, which led to that begin with, but you're right. Um, it's, <laughs> it's always complicated. Why yeah. we got to score more. We got to get to 52. We, we, gotta, we
1: need more explosive plays on offense. Julio's damn good though. Uh, David, uh, uh, you guys are killing me with this stuff. Quinn his defense late in the season. Fades bad. Look at that 16 team. Okay, look at that Super Bowl team. They were like mid twenties until the last six games of the season when they went on a playoff run. Yeah. And it was the defense that started playing lights out for just an ever so brief moment. For about six for about five games and three quarters. <laughs> so it's uh again, there's all kinds of reasons. And if Quinn becomes more serious, we'll talk more about Quinn and, and his time with the Falcons. Um, but I understand why people wouldn't want Dan Quinn. That's fine. I, I get it. Mike Smith is the all time winningest Falcons coach. Mike Smith. He former defensive coordinator, of Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not even sure where they got I think him. You're right. I think you're
2: right. Um, Underneath Bill Callahan oh, or, uh, Oh God, what's his name? Never mind. doesn't matter, but I think
1: you're right. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, and he, he has a winning percentage over 600. Like there's like, he's the only coach with a plus 500 winning percentage. Yep. Dan Quinn was close. He's close. He's like forty nine and forty six. Man, that's like seven fifty for a real franchise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he relative to Atlanta,
2: success. He was successful. Uh, <laughs> David McElrath coming in here saying, "Good evening, Broncos country." Nick and Scott, good to see you, David. We appreciate you. Uh, we also got our guy Phil coming back in saying, "We got a defensive coach. Give me an offensive guy, especially a run oriented guy." I mean guy that I'd liked a while ago was a former run game coordinator uh, for the San Francisco 49ers by the name of Mike McDaniel. Uh, maybe he'll become available. There's your run oriented guy. He's done a pretty, pretty damn good job with that team, even though they're fading here. I think it's more of Tua uh, being a little bit limited uh, than it is Mike McDaniel, in my opinion. Um, but wouldn't be, wouldn't be against that. I just give me a good coaching here. Hey, would you turn down Mike Tomlin? Would you turn down John Harbaugh? Would you turn down uh, the likes of, God, Mike Rabel, I don't know if I already said that one. Those are all, you know, defense special teams guys, great coaches and able to pick good coaches out as well uh, to surround themselves with. So ideally, it's probably an offensive guy, but it doesn't have to be, in my
1: opinion. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the great, arguably the greatest of all time was a defensive guy, you know. Yep. So when we start talking um, Bill Belichick, uh, going over to Twitch here, why not Bruce Arians? You know, if I was, one season away you know but the thing is is it's hard Bruce Arians would be a stop I'd be like having Teddy Bridgewater it's a it's a it's hard to rally around a guy that's a short timer he's not going to be there for the long haul and when you see that the coach is checked out the players check out you know what i got a contract i'll just wait till you're gone it just kind of works that way so he'd be mercenary that wouldn't last very long he's already, he he retired on a really good team you know what makes you think he's willing to take on a project the scale of the, the Denver Broncos right now, other than a bunch of money that he probably didn't need. So that's why that for me, Robot of Doom, that's why not Bruce Arians, because he's not interested in being back in the NFL. If he is, call the man. He walked away from football
2: because of health in- health issues, correct? Like there was some sort of thing that came up. It was pretty Definitely close to the beginning. Better, the how,
1: I mean how he's 75? Old. He's old. It he? he's, like he's got to be close to 70. I think he's 74, 75. So there's your answer, dude, not to be yeah. ageist, but you know, the guy's retired for health reasons. He's 74 years old. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, his style of offense would be great. Uh, that Earnhardt
2: Earhart Perkins style would be good for Russell Wilson. Uh, again, just talking purely schematically, uh, but I just don't think he's coming back to the league and I love Bruce Arians. Um, he's one of my favorite
1: coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say what, great personality. What, I I love him too. I love Andy Reid. Yep. Yeah um you know very similar you know if andy were to retire and be out of it for three or four years you know because he's like hey the grind's got to me i don't want to do this anymore do you call him up in in 2020 2030 you know no it's 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 time let's let's find somebody new there's got to be somebody out there that's going to be the next decent player garth is quickly becoming our go-to guy coming in green. He says, when the Deacon brings up compensation, the Bucks gave for Gruden, I break into a cold sweat thinking of what Peyton may require. Harbaugh, please Walton Penner. Yeah. It was two first two seconds and maybe another pick plus $8 million. I've said, how about that 30th pick and $80 million to the saints? Does that get it done? Maybe. I, doesn't always have to be draft compensation. Yeah. So, $80 million. Cause you're, you're only allowed I don't know how much cash you're actually allowed to take out of the team You know, when you're an owner. They kind of frown on that in in soccer. What do you mean they're paying themselves? They should be pouring every cent and some of their own money into making this team better. $80 million in cash? That might get the attention of the Saints owner group.
2: Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I still, it's the draft picks, right? And
1: 2024
2: is off limits, uh, especially with how bad this season went with the quarterback at the top look like next year and with how Russell Wilson's contract set up, you need that 2024 first um, as a breaking case of emergency uh, selection. Todd coming in here saying, Nick and Scott, how many offensive linemen do you think the Broncos can realistically get as starters in the 2023 draft? If the question you're asking is for the 2023 season, I think it's possible to have two out there. Now, that being said, I don't think that's a great strategy. The offensive line yeah. would probably be just as bad next year, if not worse, if you did that, uh, especially considering where your picks are at. But I think you could probably get two, and that would be realistic long term. I mean, you could theoretically, you could have four or five uh, in the draft. One of them could be an undrafted free agent that you hit on, especially on the interior. Uh, but probably two is what you'd be looking for, and I'm looking for them to draft two offensive linemen uh, in this draft. We'll see what they do, though
1: yeah i've said three of each six in one way one shape one way shape or form let me think about that one um and do i want two starters from two rookie stars probably not can i get a major upgrade salute to major upgrade um with one starter as a rookie yes yes i can um but i would like to think i think bowls is in i think Miners is in uh a rookie and two free agents to to uh to polish off three new starting linemen um that would be how i'd go with that one todd uh john blue he says what about brian flores as we talk about coaches uh i think his lawsuit against the nfl and that includes the denver broncos probably puts him kind of off limits right now for the denver broncos so uh whatever else you may decide or not about his qualifications or all the stuff we're talking about, Dan Quinn about yay or nay the success here or there. I think that just ends the conversation right there, John.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. And we got pop Zookies coming in saying 400 plus people watching, please hit the, then he spells out like here. I'm not going to, (laughs) flash <laughs> all those but yeah hit the like and if you guys are enjoying the show hanging out with us today we appreciate you all coming in and uh, hanging out with us we got frank coming in saying how about mike munchak if we can't get peyton or harbaugh i feel like there's a list of coaches out there that feel very much like the if you're talking about the head coach um they feel very much like the texans hiring Lovie smith this year Bring out your dead, dead man walking, you know, whatever it is. This is a sacrificial lamb that's hopefully going to get us through one season competent uh, wise. But after that,
1: Saturday is going to get a nice pay for a quarter, six weeks yeah. worth of work for it's, doing that very thing.
2: It's good work if you can find it. I am available <laughs> for that if anybody is asking. I'd be happy to go out there, you know, wave my arms around and try to figure out which buttons which on the sideline. Uh, we're going to be running a lot of quarterback power uh, in the red zone, especially. But um, I think that. uh I would love Mike Munchak back in Denver. I think he still lives there. I think he's still getting paid by Denver as well. When you talk about these head coaches and they have their own guys coming in. I've seen like staffs that people have put together. Let's get this guy, this guy, and this guy. There's no connection between any of them. I guess it could happen, but typically you want to see who's worked with who, where they've worked with, what their connections are. Then you can kind of start to figure out some of those staffs.
1: Xavier asks, I missed the overall story of the pod. Quick summary. Uh, The beginning with, there was a a report out of Charlotte who uh, Jim Harbaugh had just met with the Carolina Panthers owner, that he told a, a news source in Charlotte, Queen City News, that, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. All things are on the table. But I, right now, I think I'm probably headed back to Michigan. Uh, and I, I think I said that yesterday, you know, when we were talking about odds of, of um, you know, what are the odds that you get Jim Harbaugh? I'm like, well, to me, it's at best 50-50 with michigan that he leaves michigan at all now you're in competition with several teams including the panthers including the colts you know so at best 50 50 then again that's one in four uh, but that was um that was that one there was another question in here that i saw Oh, the silent one comes in and we love you silent one so sorry i'm going to call you out on this one a little bit so sean payton once needs a hall of court a hall of fame quarterback to be competitive jim harbaugh doesn't Says who prove it. He went four 0 with Teddy Bridgewater. He had Jameis Winston playing some of the best games of his life before he got hurt under that system. Just cause he only really had drew Brees for full seasons. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's all he can work with. I don't, I don't agree with that. So do we know how he can compete for a long time? And you know what? If he gets a high round draft pick, so be it. And Russell Wilson was on his way to the Hall of Fame when he arrived in Denver. So all of those things, you know, Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton's a pretty good coach. You know, let's. I'm not going to start, you know, pissing on his resume either. Yeah, my big thing with
2: Payton is the exact scheme fit with Russell Wilson. Now, that is a one-year problem if it's that bad of an issue um, that you move on from that. The other one thing with Sean Payton that is odd, and I don't have any accusations here or anything like that, well, I guess the the whole Bounty Gate thing was under his watch. That is a accusation of like problems uh, in the Saints. But uh, my number one is that the Saints kept putting everything on the credit card. And when bills started becoming due and things started to seem like they were regressing there, he's like, ah, you know, I'm going to step away for a little bit. Uh, you guys can handle the, the debt on the back end. You know, we were on borrowed time with the contracts, you know, these void years, et cetera, et cetera. Now I'm going to walk away. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a concern um but that's kind of not to bring it full circle here but that's kind of the scare when you bring in a head coach uh to be your main player personnel guy right they're about the here and now your general manager your front office needs to be thinking about the health of the roster the next three to five years and uh, they are chasing it like they were in the here and now and i don't fault them because you have that window with drew breeze but this is what you get as the uh, the fallout from
1: that and that was one of the first conversations you and I had about you know drafting As the general manager he's he's not thinking about next year he's not necessarily thinking about scheme especially in the first round the higher you go up in the draft the less you're concerned about scheme you're you're thinking about okay i, I need a, i, I want somebody i want to put his name up in the rafters uh, when he when he leaves his franchise. And he could probably play for four coaches, <laughs> you know, unless you're getting that, that quarterback. And then those guys kind of go hand in hand for a long time. Um, you know, so it, uh, I agree. I mean, there's there there is no right answer to who you're going to get and whoever you don't wasn't good enough anyway. You know, that's, that's what I thought or whoever turned us down, they were, we didn't want that guy. And it's there's going to be a lot of that that goes on. That's just part of being a fan. I get it. Yep. hundred uh, percent.
2: It's same with recruiting, right? Validate me <laughs> by, by picking my school. Tell us that we're the best by picking us. That's why I'm still very sad. I see my guess in here. How dare you take Caden Proctor from us in Iowa? I'm still, I'm still sad, um, but uh, he'll be great. I'm sure. Um, we got uh, Phil film coming back in saying, uh, here is a left thought. Bobby Slowick, One out of left field. Okay. I don't even know who Bobby Sloak is off the top of my head. Yeah, me neither.
1: So. I was hoping you would. No idea. I'm gonna That's type way it in right out now. of left field, Phil. <laughs> Bobby I'll talk long enough to uh, to let him um, talk. And there's some talk in here about uh, you know Todd Moyer comes in. There's some talk about Kellen Moore. Kellen Morris, the offensive coordinator, who was getting some sniffs at head coach uh, last year with the Dallas Cowboys. He stayed. I don't know if the right offer came or if one came or not. Dan Quinn was getting looked at last year for some head coaching offerings, and he, he shut a couple down, turned down Jacksonville before they even asked. No, thank you. Don't want to interview. Um, did interview with the Broncos, I believe. Um, but then, uh, you know, before, before they – either way, before an official offer became public, he shut it down. He says, I'm, I'm happy with Dallas. I'm not going through this anymore.
2: Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens with Kellen uh, Moore. I think he is another one who I think would be a horrible uh, scheme fit with Russell Wilson. They put so much um, perfect, hard reads on Dak Prescott, full field reads, a lot of sticks. Uh, and I just don't see Russell Wilson's ability right now to be accurate and process that well in the quick game, just because he hasn't done that in his career to date. And it's been an issue so far this season. So I don't think he's a great fit uh, as far as the uh, slowic comment here, pass game coordinator for the 49ers this season, first year as a pass game coordinator out there in San Francisco. So probably. he took Mike McDaniels, well, Mike McDaniel's I like the run, run game. Coordinator. Mike McDaniels jobs. Yeah. It's along the way. Yep. So he's probably a, a year to away from being in that uh, conversation uh, for the head coach. But, hey, one to one to file away, um, no doubt. There's always those young up and counters that you want to uh, pay attention to, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, to start to put a bow on this as we wrap it on up here, talking about the head coaching position, obviously. T- uh, we had Harbaugh pretty much say that, oh, yeah, I'm probably going to be back at Michigan next year on the Queen City Reporter. And – Really not a ringing endorsement for that. I think the Broncos are still very much in on him. Uh, If he doesn't end up in Denver, it is because he rebuffed them and wanted to go with a different opportunity and said, you know, Denver's offer, the power, the roster situation wasn't enticing enough uh, for him to come in here. It does seem like he's the most likely one, in my opinion, from what I've heard. I know that the national media keeps saying Sean Payton as well. I keep hearing conflicting things on Sean Payton to Denver um, where I'm not hearing that on Jim Harbaugh, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. And I'm guessing that a week from now, we might have a, a lot of
1: lines in the water. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, it, it may not come down to money as far as, you know, you're going to spend $30 million on a guy. And I've said this before. I don't want to sp- I don't want to have to double somebody's salary for them to come because then they didn't want to come to begin with. If you're only coming because of the money, then your heart's not in it and you're the you're not the right person for the job. But it is nice when money is no object. And it is no object with this group. I'm not, I don't have to worry about, oh, well, if the Cowboys offer them this, can I match it? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can match any offer and go after any offer. And that is a, that's a good place to be in. And again, we can go through a zillion reasons why this is still a great job to have. You know them. Don't listen to some of the people out there that are talking about you know, why would they want to come to Denver? Um, Because it's a head coaching job of the NFL with one of the most historic franchises in the biggest league in the United States. That's why that's all you need to know. Money and power.
2: That's what (laughs) makes the insects make the world go around. Um, And that's, you got an opportunity to do that there in the NFL with Denver. And it sounds like they're going to give them a big opportunity there. We'll see what happens. I think right now in my, my gut Broncos will go after Harbaugh. If they don't get Harbaugh, it's Quinn. That being said, I think if they get Harbaugh in here, Peyton might be out. If they bring in Quinn, it might be okay. This is the guy that you wanted all along. uh, Mr. George Peyton. If it fails, you're out. The coach is out. The quarterback's out. Um, So um, we'll be really interesting to see how it all plays out. And uh, we'll be back live again tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Jordan Reed at ESPN. He had a mock draft come out. His first mock draft of the season with the Broncos taking a player that I think a lot of people would be excited about there uh, with the pick. Obviously the Broncos pick is, Not set in stone, um, but we're getting there. And uh, also, if you guys are curious and dipping your toes in the draft, over on Scott's channel this morning, we did a a top 10 mock draft. So you can start to familiarize yourself with some of the names. We only did 10 picks, and we talked for like an hour and 10 minutes. Um, So (laughs) there's a lot to talk about. Um, It's the
1: first time talking
2: about these guys. We had lots to talk about. 100%. And it'll always be fun to come back and look at the the names that were there and what they look like now compared to – April, as uh, things shift, things evolve, and we uh, get more information on these players. So appreciate everyone coming in. Shout out to uh, Scott for jumping in last minute when Luke texted us saying he wasn't feeling super good. Uh, double duty today. Uh, I can speak from firsthand experience. Sometimes that's a long day. Uh, so we appreciate you doing that. Uh, shout out to everybody also joining us today on the chat. Everybody uh, supporting us with the supers, the the likes. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you do that, and also follow us on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall M H H. Also make sure you're following us at MHI underscore pod. And since we'll be live tomorrow at BFB underscore pod as well, over on uh, Broncos for breakfast, uh, follow us at mile high huddle. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're on our Facebook pages, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath there, please subscribe, like, and share uh, one last shout out there to Luke. Um, hopefully you are having a uh, feeling better. Probably watching this show right now. Hi Luke in the background. Um, and also shout out to Dominique. Uh, for your birthday, I think it was Dominique's birthday as well. So mm-hmm. come back around and happy birthday, Dominique. Hope you have a good one and hope the, the show today was up to your birthday standards.
1: I see some talk of Bill Cowher in here. Bill Cowher hasn't coached the NFL in almost 20 years. Yeah, that one's... Guys, be serious here. You were talking about first-time head coaches, Jerry Rosberg. Jerry Rosberg's 68 years old. We're talking about not wanting guys who are in their 30s that, that are first-time head coaches on the ascendancy. Mm-hmm. let alone a guy learning on the job at 68 years old. So there's a lot of it. It's it's becoming, we used to call recruiting and stuff and the coaching fire. This is the silly season, for sure. This is the silly season. But we're going to have fun with it. We appreciate that y'all are here along the ride with us.
2: Yeah, and we'll find out more soon, every day. Closer to the Broncos, get a new head coach, back to their winning ways. It's got to happen. Uh, appreciate all you guys. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.
1: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.